Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture?
This is part one of the 9 to 2 versus 9 to 5 series. It's under our big picture and global perspective category under the subject of future of work. You can find the full list of industries we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In this series, I lay the groundwork for how we shall approach this subject of future of work. What should the future of work look like in the new normal post COVID 19? Should the workforce keep running on the 9 to 5 treadmill or is it time for us to rethink our work culture? I make the case that the 8-hour workday commonly known as 9 to 5 has run its course and what's left of it are diminishing returns. My thought-provoking argument for a shift to a 5-hour workday might not be a surprise to most of you. In this series, I explore why I think and strongly believe that a 5-hour workday 9 to 2 is the answer to revitalizing world economies, human creativity, family bonds, and restoring mental and physical health around the world. The objective of this series is to set the stage and open the discussion for those that believe that the 8-hour workday, commonly known as 9 to 5, has run its course and what's left of it are diminishing returns. For this episode, I map common activities from three lifestyle options, single life, couple life, couple life with kids. I map common activities from these three different lifestyles to the 24 hours that we all get to spend every day to show that it's mathematically impossible to live a decent and satisfying and fulfilling life with how the world is currently set up. I don't have all the answers, but I believe we can put our minds together and get to the bottom of things. So open up your heart and mind and let's take a ride. start off by making these bold declarations that I think a lot of people are thinking and probably agree with. The eight-hour workday, commonly known as the nine-to-five, has run its course. The only thing that we're getting from it right now is diminishing returns. Nine-to-five is literally killing people. I think it's time for a five-hour workday. It's time for nine to two. I really think and strongly believe that nine to two is the answer to revitalizing wild economies, human creativity, family bonds, and restoring mental and physical health. Now, before I can share why I think and believe so, let me use some examples of time use cases of the 24 hours that each person has access to and show why with the way the world is currently set up right now and all of its demands and pressures, it's becoming increasingly impossible to live a decent, satisfying, and fulfilling life. This life adventure, I believe, wasn't created for people to just work, pay bills and taxes along the way, retire, and then die. But that's the current conveyor belt that many of us are on. We're just passing through, but we forget that this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is actually the real deal. And it's a once in a lifetime experience. Now, of course, that can depend also on, you know, like 
your spiritual beliefs, but you know, there is another eternal experience after your spirit leaves your body. But to use a modified version of the 80-20 rule that we're commonly going to use on this show, 80% of this blame is on the system. 20%, this is what I believe, is, is on the people. However, since the system didn't set itself up, we have to take 100% of the blame. We set up the system, so 100% of the blame is on us. We are the system. And if we're willing to change, I'm optimistic that things can be turned around completely. So let's consider some time use cases over 24 hours for three different lifestyle options. Let's say one is option one, you're single. Option two, couple. Option three, you're couple with kids. So the day starts off 24 hours. That's all you got to spend. On average, let's say most well recommended sleeping time is between six to eight hours. So let's say the average is seven. So 24 hours, take off seven, we're down to 17 hours left to spend. So eight hours work, eight hours for work. You're down to nine hours to spend, as you can see. So let's factor in commuting to and fro work. So there are three options that I considered here. So some commutes are 30 minutes one way, um, others are 45 minutes one way, and some others are one hour one way. And that, there are actually some longer commutes, which are about two hours. That's just one way. But let's say we have 30, 45, and one hour. So you do the math to and fro, average all the times out, one and a half hours to commute on average, both ways. So we had nine hours left to spend, dock off the time it takes to commute to and fro work, an hour and a half, we're down to 7.5 hours, seven and a half hours. So let's factor in self-care and bathroom. Let's say on average, most people we're looking, let's say 30 minutes to one hour, morning time, you know, self-care and bathroom. So on average, let's say about 45 minutes. Same thing for nighttime, you know, 30 minutes, one hour. So on average, 45 minutes. In total, it's 90 minutes for self-care and bathroom in a day. Of course, we kind of know that there's more time that is spent. But let's just say 90 minutes, so an hour and a half. So we had 7.5 hours left, dock off another hour and a half, we're down to six hours. Now let's factor in feeding, you know, just time that you just sit down to put food in your mouth. So breakfast, lunch, snacking, dinner. So let's say breakfast takes about 30 minutes. You know, it takes you about 30 minutes on, to eat your breakfast. Lunch, we'll account for that at work. Snacking, let's say about 15 minutes. Dinner, let's say about 45 minutes. Takes you to have your dinner. So in total, time for just feeding is about 90 minutes, so an hour and a half. So we had six hours left to spend. Dock off another one and a half hours. We're down to four and a half hours left to spend. 
Sonalis Factorin. Food prep, you know, like the time that you're going to need to prepare your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, you know, all of that stuff. So let's say breakfast takes you about 30 minutes to prepare your breakfast. You know, you, you know, you know, make your coffee or just, yeah, and make your bagel or maybe make an omelet. You know, let's say it takes you about 30 minutes, make some toast, 30 minutes to prepare your breakfast. Now, when it comes to lunch, we'll account for that in the time it takes for dinner prep. Because most people, lunch is usually leftover dinner. So they made their lunch together with their dinner. So when we look at dinner options, this, this, this are some of the times that, you know, I, I considered just on average how much time people normally take to make their dinner. So some people take 45 minutes, some people take an hour, you know, some people take an hour and a half. So if you average out the amount of time for all these dinner options, you know, it's about an hour and 1.08 hours. So total time it takes for food prep anyways is about 1.58 hours. So we had about four and a half hours to spend. Now food prep, one hour, 1.58 hours. So take that off take that off, we're down to 2.92 hours. So let's say about three hours, you know. Now, fitness, we have to account for that. We, we didn't. We had Well, we hadn't yet. So these are some of the time options that people take, some of the time options that I considered for fitness. So some people work out, you know, 30 minutes. Some people 45 minutes, some people option three, you know, like some people an hour, some people work out for an hour and a half and some people two hours. Those are kind of like the common times. Now, of course, there are time, you know, there's some people that get into the, you know, two and a half hours, three and three hours. Usually those are people, it's kind of like what they do for a living type thing. And, but let's just say the average person, you know, we're ranging from 30 minutes, 45, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. So average those out. It's about one, one hour, one hour, 1.15 hours. So we, we only had 2.92 hours left to spend. So dock off 1.15 hours, we're down to 1.77 hours. So again, if you really just went around off, you're down to two hours, kind of. But now let's factor in, you know, the time it takes you to get to the gym and time it takes you to get from the gym back to your house. So to and from the gym. So let's say most people leave, go to gyms that are near their houses. So let's say 15 minutes time it takes you to get to the gym and time same, about the same time it takes you to get back. So another 15 minutes. So in total, we're looking at 30 minutes, so zero, you know, half hour so we had 1.77 hours to spend dock off another 0 0.5 hours so we're down to 1.27 hours so we're down to let's say we're down to we're down to almost 80 minutes is all you have to spend and let's factor in another really important thing. We have to factor in 
we have to factor in um, prayer and meditation. A lot of us do that. That's very important to us. And I think a lot of people do. I, if you don't, I highly encourage you to pick this up. But let's say we allocate 30 minutes for morning time, you know, for prayer and meditation, prayer or meditation, and allocate another 30 minutes for nighttime to do the same. So total is about an hour. So of the 1.27 hours that we had left to spend, another hour has gone to prayer and meditation. So we're down to 0.27 hours. And that's about 16 minutes. So let's say we're generous and say, okay, you really had like quite the day and now we're only gonna, <laughs> we're gonna give you 16 minutes to spend, to socialize, wind down, or that's your me time, 16 minutes. That's all that's, sorry, that's all that's left on the clock. So now you're down to zero, zero time. You've used up the whole clock. There's no time left. So keep in mind that this is for a single person. What we can also observe is that they only would have about 16 minutes to socialize, you know, or me time, which is not ideal. And it's impossible and it's not healthy by any means for any human being to live like this. We've been created to be social beings. That's, that's part of our nature to socialize. So 16 minutes would definitely not fill the quarter that's needed. So something would have to give, as you can see, you can start to see where the pressures, you know, the pressure starts to build up from within the clock. You know, the pressures and, and, and all these mental health issues and you can start to see where they're coming from. Something has to give. You know, if, if you feel like you have to socialize or spend more time, spend some me time, you know, watch something or I don't know, hang out with someone or you would either have to give up, let's say some prayer time, prayer and meditation, or you'll have to give up your fitness time going, you know, working out, which, which, which your body needs. You would have to spend less time preparing your food organically, which means now we're looking at, you know, food delivery apps, you know, Uber Eats, now you have to either order food in because you just don't have enough time. Just, you feel like you don't have enough time to make a good healthy meal, or you're gonna end up, you know, using canned food or pre-packaged meals. So all of these things, so you can start to see now where poor eating and healthy, you know, poor eating habits are coming from people looking at the clock and saying, hey, you know, if I just make canned food, it's gonna take me 10 minutes. Then I can at least get in an hour to watch an episode of a TV show, things like that, or hang out with someone or, or, or things like that, or socialize. So, or you, you can't prepare your meals. 
you know, now you maybe can't prepare breakfast in the morning. Now you're saying, hey, I'll stop at a Starbucks. Now that means you're spending more money. <laughs> so you can start to see where the pressure is building up or you're not giving up something that's really important that your body needs to function and do all the other things, which is sleep. This is like natural medication, sleep. You, you're now saying, hey, I can't afford to sleep seven hours or eight hours. So you're going to give up three hours of your sleep time so that you only sleep five hours. And now you just, you need coffees to just keep you up the whole day. So you can start to see where all these pressures start to build up. Now, keep in mind, we didn't even account for cleaning up after you prepare all your meals and stuff like that. Let's say some cleaning time options are, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or an hour. You average these, it's about 0.75 hours, which is about 45 minutes. So if you just had to do this, now you're owing the clock 45 minutes. So now again, you can see poor living conditions. There's a pressure that builds up there. It's like, okay, I can't clean up my house. I can't clean up my apartment. I can't clean up my dishes and stuff like that. Now, if we increase your prayer meditation time from just 30 minutes in the morning to an hour in the morning and from just 30 minutes a night to an hour a night, there's another extra hour. Now you're only the clock one hour and 45 minutes. Now, again, if we increase your me time from the impossible 16 minutes, let's say to two hours, you're now owing the clock 3.65 hours. And that's just if you're single. Now, if we consider the option of a couple, if it's two people living together, they would both be operating on the same amount of borrowed time. And one key thing to notice here is they would either have to use their personal me time to spend it together, which means none of them would have any time to spend by themselves. And I still don't believe that's healthy. Even in a marriage, both the people, the two individuals need some time away from each other to just kind of just their own me time. Then they also need their bonding time. So if we let them, both keep their me time and allocate time, saving just another hour to bond and build their relationship or their marriage, the time deficit just keeps on increasing. So let's say we're generous enough to give the, uh, this couple an hour to bond. Now this couple owes the clock 4.65 hours. So, you know, that's almost five hours that they owe the clock. I mean, it's math it's already mathematically impossible. So you can start to see where now relationship problems are coming from. People can't really spend time with each other. Or if they are spending time with each other, they don't have time to self-build. You know, they don't have time to spend time on their own because they feel like, hey, we don't have enough time already to spend just by ourselves. So let's spend time together. They never really have that time to spend, you know, to themselves. And it's from the time where they get to reflect on themselves, kind of, that they're able to be present with the other person.
it's not like all couples have the same interests. You know, they might share a common interest, but it's not like every, all their interests are the same. You know, so they're all in the clock, 4.65 hours. Now, let's consider the option of a couple that has children. If the couple has children, then more time is going to be needed for all these other activities. You know, prepping kids for school in the morning. You know, you have to prepare their food, you know, their lunches. You have to pack them. You have to prepare their clothes and all of these things. You know, preparing the kids for bed at night, uh, checking their homework. That's more time needed. You know, dropping off kids to school and picking them up or even just walking them to and fro the bus stop. You know, even if you, you're going to drive them to the bus stop, you know, if you're lucky and one of your children is old enough to walk all the others to school, you know, as I said, you're lucky. But you can see these people need more time. It's not available to them. You know, they're going to need extra time for cleaning up. You know, the time that you need when you're cleaning up for one person or two people is different from the time in, that you need when you have a baby in the house or a little kid or children or you're just going to need more time. There's more things that the, the there's more things that are being used in the house and all of that. There's a bigger mess, so you, there's more time that you need. And then I think this is one of the very most important points, and I think it's a good place for us to end for part one of this series: bonding time between parents and kids and, and their children and their teenagers. This is a lot of families are falling apart here. And a lot of the problems that we see in the, the you see in teenagers and even adults themselves, their root problem was always here. Family time is never there. So parents and bonding with their kids, that's gonna need more time. So if you're a couple with children, you're gonna all you're looking almost owing 10 hours, you know, easily eight hours, eight to ten hours, easy mathematically it's impossible so you can start to see where these pressures are coming from we'll call it a wrap for today in the next episode we'll continue to explore why the eight-hour workday commonly known as nine to five has reached diminishing returns and why it's time for five-hour workday nine to two i'll continue to build the case for 9 to 2 is the answer to vitalizing world economies, human creativity, family bonds, and restoring mental and physical health around the world. This was part one of the 9 to 2 versus 9 to 5 series, and your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening.